Go ahead and get your sermon notes out and let me walk into this word with you. Uh, I'm, I'm taking you into a new a season, a new series. I believe it to be very important. Uh, I wrestled with it and settled it in my heart. I want to talk about getting, re- getting real with Jesus. How many have ever had a come to Jesus moment? Anybody ever had a come to Jesus moment? Some of you told me about that. You know, when somebody get a a come to Jesus moment, just the term is accountability. That's what it means. Now and then you just got to be held accountable. And you'll be in this situation where somebody has had enough and then and it has brewed for a while. And then you sit down, you have this come to Jesus moment Uh, here. Here's the problem with come to Jesus moments is some people don't ever come to Jesus. Right? All you get is mad. And you don't, you don't resolve your conflicts. And what the Lord wants to do in your come to Jesus moments is he wants, he wants you to get involved. You, wouldn't it be cool if you had the come to Jesus moment, like in your family, and everybody held hands and said, well, let's just see what Jesus has to say. Wow, that's powerful. Write that down because some of you are going to need that this week. All right? Uh, we're going we're gonna to see what Jesus has to say about that, which I don't know if you've heard this before, but... There's a book called The Bible, and it's all about what Jesus has to say. What? I know. I'm just full of good news today. The Word of God, a great deal of what you see, and well, the Word of God is the Word of God. It's what Jesus has to say. And so we're going to do this. We're going to focus on getting real. And uh, I, I know that's awkward for some. There's actually a television show called The Real. Is there anybody in this room who's ever heard of a TV show called The Real? Anybody? Lift your hand if you've ever heard of it. Five of you? Okay, some of you just don't want to confess it, all right? Uh, I have, I've never uh, like watched it before. I've seen it. It's like it's on, and I say, oh, I, I know that girl. That's Israel Houghton's wife, you know, and uh, she's on that show. And uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting that they call it The Real, and I'm sure they're really good folks and all that, but it's a television show. Now, have any, has anybody got a television? Has anybody got them? You know, do they still call them TVs? I don't know what they call them now. All right, anyway, uh, if you've got one, I, I'm going to tell you a secret that you may not know about television. It's not all real. Amen. Right? It's, in fact, most of it is not real. Am I right? Okay. And you might say, no, it's all, no, don't be confused, all right? Uh, a great deal of it's not real. It's just not real. It's, it's, it's odd, you know? Uh, and that's why I like sports, because at least you know, well, you hope it's real, unless they're on steroids or something. Well, anyway, evidently nothing's real. Uh, so uh, what I believe we need is an understanding that, it, that we, should, we should be able to get real with Jesus and know the truth. Now, uh, now you need to open your heart here because some of you probably already heard the truth. How have you responded to the truth? Okay? Have you responded to the truth? Man, it's quiet here. Hello? Yeah. How do you respond? When you know the truth. Jesus says, uh, you'll know the truth and the truth will, okay, in the application of it. Now, in, in order for you to get real with Jesus, we need to get the real Jesus. Ah, I'm preaching all over this thing already. And look at Revelation 1 and 10. This is, this is a platform. John 
who is the, the great apostle John, the beloved apostle John, the apostle that though they tried to murder him, they tried to martyr him, he would not die. Anybody know the story? They try. In fact, at this particular point, when he's writing this down, he is on a place called Patmos, an island known as Patmos. And on the Isle of Patmos, he was placed there to die. It was like a desert island. He was going to starve to death. But it was the Lord's day. John knew what day it was. And the Bible says that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. So John has been placed there to die, and he just just won't die. <laughs> because like Jesus, remember when Jesus said, I have bread to eat, and you don't know nothing about it. And so John is in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he heard behind him a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what you see, write in the book and send it to the seven churches. So uh, John, uh, here's behind him this, this voice. Now here it says the voice sounds like a trumpet. In a minute we'll talk about it sounds like waters. I mean, it's like something he's never heard before, this big, bold, audacious voice that he hears. And how many know who the voice is? You know who it is? It's Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Say it. Jesus. Jesus. No, wake up and shout Jesus. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus. Okay, you don't sound like trumpets yet, okay? But uh, Jesus. The voice is Jesus. And he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Now, uh, John knew Jesus pretty well. Uh, how many know me? Anybody know me? Who's known me for a long time? Anybody know me? Five years, six years? Anybody known, in the room known me for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? Daniel, you're going to win. Keith, all right. 25, 30 years. Anybody known me for, okay, 29 years. 29 years is about, yeah, you've known me for over 20 years. So you've known me in different phases of my life. Uh, you, how many knew me when I wore a suit every Sunday to church? Anybody know me then? Yeah, there was a day and age. I know it's weird, and I've confessed it and asked the Lord to forgive me, but... Uh, there's nothing wrong with the suit, by the way. It looks real good. All right. All right. But, but uh, it looks real good. All right. I got back up. I got in trouble. No, I didn't. Uh, how many knew me when I had hair? <laughs> Folks, I had, no. I got hairs now, okay? <laughs> there was a day, baby, I had, I had hair all the way here. I've got these little scars on my forehead that nobody knew I had until the Lord revealed it to them. There's no one in the room that knew me when I was in high school, because when I was in high school, you, you hear me tell, especially this time of the year, the reason I like to, play, to watch football is because I played football in high school, and, and it just changes it. When you, when you know a little bit about it, it just changes the way you watch the game. And so my, my high school buddies, they know, me, they, they know me from playing football. They know me because I also sang and played instruments. And in my little school, that was a pretty big deal that you actually played football and you were in the choir and the band. That was kind of weird. But in the day, you could just do it all, you know. And, uh, and some of you know me when I was, you know, a younger man, my earlier ministry. And uh, I don't know if you, if you knew me further than that. I used to be a music and, and youth director. That's how I began in ministry. When I moved here uh, in 1986, I was the assistant pastor, and I uh, led all the music, directed the choir, and, and uh, I also never stopped being the youth pastor. When I became the senior pastor, I thought I could do it all, and I got surprised. But uh, some people, you know, you know people of different seasons, and just so you know, I'm in a different season of my life now than I've ever been. I'm, I'm same Rick different season. 
and I've thought about myself that I remembered a younger time in my life. Anybody remember being younger and just really knowing stuff? All right. And, uh, and I have thought, man, I wish I was just as bold as I was when I was, you know, 30-nothing years old. And I would just, I just, I would just, you know, and it's not that I'm not bold anymore. It's just that I'm, I'm wiser. Okay? And sometimes wisdom is a greater boldness. All right, I got, yeah. So uh, what we're seeing here in Revelation is Jesus is at a new season. Because John... The apostles had seen Jesus on the earth. The last time they had seen him was when he ascended uh, and he d- disappeared. And they stared at him as he disappeared in the clouds. And, and an angel, they stared for so long that an angel came and said, uh, stop staring. Uh, <laughs> the same Jesus that you've seen go away will also come again. Uh, now, and what we've seen in the word of God is that he will come again in the way that you've seen him go away, he will also come back, back again. But so you understand, when Jesus returns, uh, he's going to look different. Did you know that? Uh, he, if you, if you read the word of God, Jesus comes back, he's riding uh, a horse, he's coming conquering, and to conquer, conquer, am I right? So we don't necessarily see him sometimes as who he was. We saw him crucified and risen, but have you seen him at the right hand of the Father? Have you seen him in all of his glory and all of his power? Have you seen him that way? This is a new season, and you need to know Jesus as who he is right now and who he is coming again. Does that make sense to anybody? Am I preaching over your head? I don't like preaching over people's heads. I'm not a fan of that. I... But uh, sometimes it's not always my fault, all right? You've got to get into the Word. I'm okay about it? Okay. Get into the Word and work with me here. Uh, so I'm, I'm saying that this is a new season of Jesus, but in the world it's also a new season. Uh, a strange week, hasn't it? I mean, we've had weeks like this before that we've walked through some stuff, but a strange week, a, a week of chaos, uh, we had in, in this past week uh, a broken, uh, crazed man decided to send pipe bombs uh, to political leaders and offices and news uh, 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 news companies uh, around the nation. Uh, somebody praise God unsuccessfully. Can you praise God for that? All right. So. Uh, I, I, that's just amazing that he would send that many in. And some, you know, he, he was a broken man. I, I read his story and, you know, and, you know, while you're busy just being all mad at the man, I want you to know that Jesus died for that man just like he died for you. Amen. That'll help you. That will help you. Uh, but it's crazy. I mean, how many know the world is a very strange place? But then just this weekend, there was a shooting at a synagogue in Pittsburgh. Anybody see that? I, I mean, a man takes a... Uh, you know, a, a rifle and, and just is shooting people. I mean, you know, you know, from our perspective, it'd be like, you know, at a church, really? In a synagogue on, as they're celebrating Shabbat, as they've come to worship, there's a guy with a, I mean, that just, it's just crazy. And, and it's, it's very weird. But if I were to just walk back over the, over the last few years, how many know we could match those events, right? Not the first, I mean, why do you even know what a pipe bomb is? 
because, you know, there have been bombers for years and years. I'm, I'm not trying to get you to be afraid. And, and you know, you talk, we talk about this situation, but we've had situation after situation that have happened at churches and schools and uh, situations such as that. And we're saying, what? Really? I mean, not what, when I was in school, you weren't hearing about that. Really? You have to have security at the doors and people looking around and, and watching. And really, we're living. Okay, just so you know, we're living in a new season. Uh, last week, I talked to you about the return of the Lord. How many believe Jesus is coming back? Anybody believe he's coming back? I talked to you heavily about that. Last week, Jesus is coming back, and we are in a new season. So church, that's what's going on here in Revelations 1. Church, you're in a new season. You were in a season before, John is, John is showing us, you were in a season where you knew about the death and the resurrection and the ascension. But now you need to know about the power and the majesty of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You need to know who he is, and you need to know how to obey him and follow him. And you also need to understand this. Not only is Christ at a different place, but also we are all in a new season. And you have to have a new understanding of who we are as the church. Uh, and, and we get to hear from Jesus about this, and it's, it's really just simply this point that uh, the church belongs to Jesus. Amen. Whose church is it? Jesus. It's Jesus' church, right? So whose church is it? Jesus. All right, it belongs to him, all right? So people say, Pastor Rick, I love your church. Well, you know, I, I'm here, but it belongs to Jesus, right? It belongs to Jesus. So Matthew chapter 16 is where we see this, where uh, Jesus says... Uh, uh, to, he's talking to his disciples, and he said, who do you say that I am? Because he had asked the questions, and they told him who everybody else said, what everybody else is saying. And Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? And it's a test. We want to see, this test is really, who's hearing from heaven? That's what the test is. Who do you say I am? So I'm asking you, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And some of you have all kinds of answers about who your Jesus is. You have all kinds of beliefs about who your Jesus is. And I celebrate that, that you have answers. And you say, well, Mama said, and Daddy said, and my teacher said, and, and, and nobody's got the right answer. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are, read it with me, you are the Christ. You should know this. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Period. Now, this is one of the most mistranslated, or excuse me, uh, yeah, mistranslated verses and misrepresented verses here. And one of the reasons you just don't see what he's saying next. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, okay? So, um, listen, you've got this revelation. Now, don't get too big for your britches, okay? He said, you are Petros, and upon this rock I will build my church, okay? He did not say, you are a rock. You are the rock, and upon you I will build my church. He said, you are, Petros means little rock, you are a little stone. You are a little stone, Petros. That's what that means. You are a little stone, but on this rock, on this revelation, I will build my church. 
on what you said, not on what you are. Some people have believed that what Jesus was saying here is that upon Peter, now the whole church is built on Peter, and I, I would challenge you on that because if it was built on Peter, we would have never gotten past the crucifixion. Because G Peter couldn't make it past the crucifixion. He quit, he quit at the cross. In fact, he quit before he ever got to the cross. He was denying Jesus before Jesus ever got crucified. I don't know who he is. He's cussing all about Jesus in front of little girls saying, aren't you one of those who used to follow him? No, I'm not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blankety, blankety, blank. No, I'm not. And off he goes. So the church is not built on me. The church is not built on you. The church is built upon the rock. And the word rock is large, immovable rock. Large, immovable rock. Not built on little stone, but built on a large, immovable, hallelujah, the rock, Jesus Christ. And, and then he goes on to say this, uh, and the gates of uh, Hades shall not prevail against it. And I'm going to give you the keys, okay? So I'm going to give you the keys. So you have the keys to the church. You say, I don't have keys, Pastor, but I'd like some. I ain't giving you some, okay? Listen. You have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So whatever's available in the kingdom of heaven, I'm going to give you. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And there's a great deal of discussion. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there, but that's a very supernatural topic. I'm going to add this to you as well. It's also one of the reasons you have to always walk in forgiveness. Okay? You have to always walk in forgiveness. You hear me? How, how often should you forgive? Always. Keep walking forgiveness. So, so don't make me preach on that right now. But. So uh, I love this teaching. Uh, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Revealed what? That the church is built upon the rock, Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And uh, that's a powerful thing, this revelation, because it's so broad. Uh, how many remember Christian music from the 80s? Anybody remember Christian music from the 70s or the 80s? I do, because I, I, I was there. And uh, Sandy Patty used to be the singer. Now lift your hand if you've ever heard of Sandy Patty before, all right? So Google her sometime. One of the greatest vocalists ever, all right? And uh, Diane and I, in, in, in the 80s and the 90s, everybody did karaoke at church. Right? Nobody remembers that? We would play accompaniment tracks, and we would sing along with the accompaniment tracks. And, and we did that. When we were moving here, we sang a lot. One of the songs that we used to sing was a song called Up on This Rock. Uh, anybody ever heard that song before? Up on this rock, I'll build my kingdom. Anybody heard that? All right, so we used to sing that. Diane, you want to help me? Are you, no? All right. We, we're not, no track. No track. All right, but just so you get the revelation. All right? All right. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, you want to go? At least we practiced for service. Yeah. <laughs> the practice version. So all of these words are about Jesus, all right? All right? She sings so nice. Okay? When another... Is that, that one right there? Is that a good key? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, see, now they changed the key. Did you hear that? When others see with earthly eyes... This is Jesus talking. Just what they You will see the 
She's so good. Oh, wait, wait. Those are the words. So don't get lost in the fact that she sings so amazing that you didn't hear what she said. All right? She said, when others, uh, I'm sorry, when others see with earthly eyes, you can't see with earthly eyes, and stop looking for just what you want to see, you will see things that never die, things that are eternal. Not temporary things, but eternal things. That's what Jesus is saying. The second part of that verse is, when others say I'm just a man who likes to dream his dreams, when others call a miracle a myth, you listen for eternity in moments as they pass and see with spirit eyes, and see with spirit eyes what others miss. Upon this rock, I'll build my kingdom. And on this rock, forever and ever it shall stand. And all the powers of hell itself shall nevermore prevail against it. For Satan's thrones are built on sinking sand. Upon this rock, I'll build my kingdom. And on this rock, forever and ever it shall stand. Upon this rock of revelation, I'll build a strong and mighty nation. And it will stand the storms of time up on this rock. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. She's amazing. Did you hear that? The rock is what? Revelation. Somebody shout revelation. It's a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. All right, now listen, some of you feel like you're immovable and you're broken and you're wavering back and forth. I'm telling you, you need a fresh revelation of who Jesus Christ is. You need to know who he is and you need to know what he's saying. And listen, listen, you need to obey him. Somebody shout, obey him. Amen. You need to obey him because we are a part of the church that Jesus has built. He built it. He spoke it into, into existence. And the church is larger than us, right? The church is worldwide. The church is local, and the church is also individual. You say, well, I went to church, I stayed home. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, is that there are those of us that struggle individually. And in your individual struggle, sometimes you bring that. Uh, have you ever come to church and felt, nobody loves me here. Nobody cares about me. And no, you won't hug anybody. Somebody comes up, you don't like me. You don't know me. Keep your hands off me. And... And, and you, can, you have to be careful or you will get in a predicament in your life where you will bring your toxicity into the church and not receive his deliverance. And try to cause the church. That's what happens. That's why I say the church is a family of families. Your family has to get whole. Say, Pastor, why are you all into my family and my marriage and all that? Because you're a part of the church. Your church meets at your house as well. You need to be a part of the local church and the worldwide church, but God wants to heal you and set you free individually. So we understand, I won't, I won't say this too often, just remember this, the church is the people, right? 
And we gather together as the church. And Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. And he's saying this with purpose and power. Jesus had a goal. He had a plan. He had a purpose. And understand, this is his church. We didn't start it. And since the beginning, a lot of things have changed. We don't look the same. Our buildings look different. The music is different. The preaching is different. And people say, I can't believe it. I wish it was just the way it used to be. Listen, listen. It might be the same message, but God is doing more and more in his church. And the best years of the church are ahead of us. Amen. Philippians 1 and 6. He has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's still completing this work. He's building our lives and my life and our lives. This church is his church. And he's becoming, we're becoming something. So I'm, I'm still in the introduction of this. I want to give you a few points. But I want, I want to settle this and look in uh, where I want to stay today. It's Revelation chapter 1, looking at verse 12. So here's John. Then I turned to see the voice. So here's a voice that sounds like trumpets. Anybody ever done that? Wanted to know what that person looks like? You know, somebody tries to cut you off in traffic and, and driving like a maniac and there's a stoplight up ahead so you maneuver your car because you want to look in their car and say, I want to see what a person like that looks like, you know? You know, and then it happens to be the pastor and that's weird. <laughs> uh, but John had heard a voice that sounded like trumpets. And so... He turned to look at him, and it, he, the scripture goes on, and John, John writes ex exactly what the Lord has told him to. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. And his eyes and hair were white like wool. What color is Jesus' hair? White. What? I thought he was, had brown hair or something there. I don't know. Okay, white like wool, so I said. Because anytime I see a picture of Jesus, it seems like he's got brown hair. That's what I'm saying. But now we see Jesus robed differently. Do you see that? Dressed differently. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. You can't, come on. His wisdom, uh, his eyes, can, can you hide from him? You can't. Just his, just his, Gaze changes things. His feet were like fine brass as if refined in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. He had, now get this, in his right hand, seven stars. In his right hand, what's he got? Seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. How many know what that is? You know what that is, don't you? That's the Word of God. And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. So have you ever walked out on a sunny day and it was at that high time where the sun was up and it's just hitting you and you could almost feel. No, you could. How many have ever felt the sun, the power of the sun? You can feel the power of the sun. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. I, I can imagine that. It's not like I got down on my knees. It's like, bam! It's like, flop! On the ground. I fell at his feet as dead, but then he laid his right hand on me. 
saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys of Hades and death. You want to praise God just for that? Just praise the Lord. So here's the deal. God is all powerful. Jesus is robed now in all of his righteousness and all of his glory. And he still loves you. And he leans down and touches you in his grace. And he says, stand up. I want to talk to you. Come on, get on up. I am I'm all of that. I am my, out of my mouth uh, is a sharp two-edged sword that cuts, but it also heals. And, and I know everything about you, but I love you. And yes, I'm holy, holy, holy. But I've invited you into my presence. This is so powerful. So what is all of this? And we get a clear definition. I want you to go to verse 19. He says this. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So what are the seven lampstands? They're the seven churches, okay? Now, they are all the church, but they're individual churches, right? So it is the church. This is the church that the Lord has built, but they are individual churches. So Freedom Fellowship is a church, right? But we're a part of the church, okay? So at that time, how many churches were there? Seven. Because there were how many lampstands? And God loves to talk in sevens, amen? He established his church with seven. So he builds them, and one of those churches is the church at Ephesus that we're going to talk about. But he also says angels, and I want you to be careful, or you will just say, well, isn't that sweet? Because every church has its own angel. Like we got the freedom angel, and, you know, they got wave angel down the road, and got the Baptist angel around the corner, and, and things like that. Now, here's, here's what you need to understand about this. First of all, we, got, we don't have angel. We got angels, because the Bible says that the angels of the Lord are camped around those that fear him. How many love God? How many fear God? Any of those people? So just say, welcome to the angels. Welcome, angels. Because they're here, and they protected you, and taken care of us. They got us here, and going, get us home. Praise God. Angels are watching over us. And every other place in the New Testament where you hear the word angels, they're messengers like Gabriel and Michael, but not here. Here... The word is not that type of angel. In actuality, this word would have been better translated, senior pastor. I know, that's weird, isn't it? Senior pastor. You think that's cool. But as a senior pastor, I want you to know it feels dangerous. Dangerous. So, Because the Lord is giving a word to give to John and says, I want every pastor... I want the pastor, the senior pastor, the leader of each of these churches to receive this particular word. I'm going to write a letter to each of them, and they need to know exactly, help me, Jesus, what I'm saying. And the reason it feels dangerous to me is one day I'm going to stand before God with the words that I share with you, and I'm going to give an account. And on that particular day, I don't want to hear, hey, Ricky, glad you gave it a shot. But you sure wasted everybody's time there in Virginia Beach. Been good if you had paid attention to what I have been telling you all the time because I had a word. I sent you a word. I sent you a prophetic word. I spoke into your heart. Pay attention, Rick. Pay attention. You get this shot while you're on the planet. 
And for that reason, it's frightening. But no, sir, I'm not planning to hear those words. I'm planning one day to stand in front of that one whose voice is like many waters. And I'm expecting his words to me to be well done, good, and faithful servant. The reason I anticipate that is because I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to tell you things that are not in God's word. And we're going to protect God's word. And we are going to know exactly what God is saying. Which brings me to my thoughts today. I, uh, did, did anybody even know that there was an award show for Christian music? Did anybody know that? It's called the Dove Awards. How, has anybody ever watched the Dove Awards before? Okay. I've watched them since I was very young, since they, probably since they first started. And uh, I remember watching them in the past, and I thought they were really cool because I was kind of enamored, I guess, by the star power, but I used to just watch them, but I always disliked them because it seemed like they were trying to be the, an award show for something else. Does that make sense? And everybody's all, you know, dolled up and walking out and just really proud of themselves and giving each other awards. I still think that the best thing they could do at the end is everybody who won an award, take their award and stand up at the front and cast it at the foot of the cross. I think that would be better, but... That's my idea, and they haven't asked me yet. But uh, uh, after last Sunday, and we had a very busy Sunday last Sunday, Emory was gone to Chicago, and Diane and I led worship, and we had a wonderful time leading worship, and then I preached all day and preached three sermons and, and led worship, and, and then we got home uh, late that evening at about 9, 9.30 that night. We got home, and we sat down. And... Uh, turned on uh, Christian television. It's like, you know, why would you turn on Christian television after you've been to church all day? Because we needed some more. And uh, the devil wars were on. I didn't even realize they were on. And uh, I loved it. I just loved it. So many times I've watched it and I just didn't like it at all, but I loved it because just as, as soon as we turned it on, uh, Taryn Wells had, was just standing up there with his guitar uh, singing uh, known. Full, I'm fully known and fully loved by God. And he was, he was singing and worshiping and they scanned the audience and people had their hands up. It wasn't like when I watched the AMA Awards and they were doing like the, uh, you know, the, the little gospel tribute, you know, and everybody just like they were pretending to be saved or something. I'm not, I'm not you said, Pastor, you're judging everybody. Really? And, but these people, I mean, the authentic worship that I saw. And when Corey Asberg got up and sang Reckless Love, ha, huh, my heart was being filled as I listened to these people worship. And Reckless Love was the song of the year. And the guys would get up there and they wouldn't say, I just want to give glory to God. And I was like, I want to thank Jesus for these words and praise God. By the time I wanted them to give some more words out, I want them to sing some more songs. And I mean, it was just a powerful night. And and then it just jumped in my heart. Why is it that there are in my life some things that I really like and some things that I really dislike? Does that make sense? And when it came, when it comes to my relationship with God, there are some things I like, some things that I dislike. And this is what Revelation is saying. There are some things, this is what Jesus is saying, the one whose voice is like waters, who has the white hair and the, the, the two-edged sword in his mouth and the blazing eyes, he's going to talk to every church and he's going to say this, there are some things I like, but there's also some things that I dislike. 
And he's going to say this. You better pay attention to the things I dislike. Because if you don't pay attention to what I dislike, I will shut your church down. That's what he says. Anybody know I'm telling the truth? Look, look at this. Uh, I'm just going to move ahead. I want to just get real about the church at Ephesus and get real about your love. Revelation 2, verse 1. Okay, right after all of this, this is a letter. It's a revelation of Jesus. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his hand, in his right hand, and walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Who's he writing to? The church at where? Okay, now if you followed me the last week, you know I've been preaching a lot about Ephesus. I, okay, you're going to have to get this. I know your works, your labor, and your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars, and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and not become weary. Let's praise God for that. Let's just praise the Lord for that. Really, this, in, in, this, in this scripture, in Revelation 2 and 2, that word works is a very general term, and he adds it. The, the word just builds as we add labor and patience. And a careful study of the word labor is this, a benev benevolent acts, more specifically, the painful work of bearing the needs of others. The, the laborious, you know, sometimes, hey, it's not work. Because, you know, pastor, you ever get tired? Yes! Sometimes I get really tired. Really tired. Anybody else? But you're doing the work of God. Yeah. And sometimes in doing the work of God, you can get tired. And here's what he's saying. He says, I know your works. And, and he talks about them, specifically the benevolent works of taking care of others. Listen, God loves it when his people bear the needs of others. Am I right? You know, we have the Holy Spirit, but the fruit, come on, how many know God loves good fruit? Does anybody know that? He loves good fruit, you know, uh, and one of the, the great fruits that he loves is when we are loving people. I'm glad that we have the church that we have. I'm glad that I don't, we don't have to worry if somebody's hungry, we're going to feed them. If somebody's naked, we're going to clothe them. Am I right? I'm glad we have a church. If, if you're broken, we'll talk to you. We'll pray with you. We'll minister to you. We'll disciple, to, disciple you. That's powerful. It is a part of the DNA of this church. It's been going on a long time. God loves it when his people take care of each other. Uh, God also loves it when his church is pure. Look at Revelation 2 and 2. I love it that you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have, be, and, and have found them to be liars. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we, de we define ourselves by giving out food, but the Red Cross also gives out food. doesn't mean that they're the church of the Lord Jesus. All right? We're not the food bank. We're the church of the Lord Jesus. All right? Now, don't, don't forget the scripture. Excuse me. Don't get the scripture all wrong. We love people, but there's also evil in the world. We are the bride of Christ. So 2 Corinthians 11, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if, if his ministers also transform themselves into the ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. We know, how many know about false prophets? Anybody know about false prophets? You know, Joseph Smith and Charles Taze Russell are the, are the big bad ones, right? 
Joe Smith founded uh, Joseph Smith. Even though Brigham Young has a university named after him, he was still a false prophet. All right? If you are in the Mormon religion, get out. When the guys in the white shirts and the little things on their, on their shirt come to your door, just tell them, no, thank you. Tell them what I say. Look, I love you, but, I, you know, how many false prophecies do you have to make to be called a false prophet? Joseph Smith has, one, has a list about this long. He is a false prophet. His whole book is false prophecy. And Charles Taze Russell was a liar. Amen. So some people get really weird when I say things like that. But, but this is vital in the church. It sounds like it's a hard love, right? And uh, I know that this is a struggle for some people because even when I say that, you know, even when I'm preaching the word, I can preach the word right now, you're thinking, I'm so glad you say that because, uh, uh, you know, I, Shannon is here and she really needs to hear that right now. I'm so thankful that, Pastor, keep preaching because... There are people in this room that needs to hear you talk about getting evil out of their lives. No, no, no. You need to stop listening to the word of God for other people and start receiving the word of God for yourself. And please don't take my words and flip. Pastor Rick told you. No, I ain't telling you nothing. For some, I'm telling you this for you. God wants you to be benevolent, but God also wants you to be aware that there is evil and false doctrine out there. And if you ever see that I'm careful, if anybody ever noticed that I'm careful, you'll hear me say, I'll say, well, where did that person come from? So where did you get that word? What is that about? He said, well, why? Because I have been dealing with false prophecy all my life. I have met some incredibly fantastic false prophets. They're good at it. Listen, we love people, but we're not ready to embrace that which is not of God. Amen. Right? Yes. How many know that the word of God is true? Yes. You know, it's all true. Yes. So just listen. How many know we love people no matter what their brokenness is? Amen. Wave at me. We love people. Amen. Right? Amen. But if you think I'm going to do a wedding for somebody other than a man and a woman. Yes. All right? then you are incorrect because one day I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus. Somebody shout amen. amen. Okay. So I love this. Uh, thirdly, in verse 3, Jesus loves our perseverance. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored in my name's sake. Um, we're not quitters. Somebody say, I'm not a quitter. Say it, I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. Anybody had some tough seasons? That's what the church at Ephesus, they've had some tough seasons. It's been a difficulty being in Ephesus because there's all these people that are coming in to mess up their religion. And, and, and you've went through some difficulties. People, you've all got stories of times when you were broken and in times of weariness. And 2015, anybody remember 2015? We went through loss after loss after loss. We lost an elder. We lost a son. We lost his daughter. We lost his other daughter. We lost uh, his wife. Uh, we, you know, it was just one loss after another. Uh, we lost... It was just, I was tired. I was just weary. He said, Pastor, how do you keep going? Grace of God. Only the grace of God. Because my heart was tired and I was grieving and helping people to grieve. And sometimes just want to hang it up and say, I quit for a little while. But we don't quit. Somebody shout, we don't quit. We don't give up. And finally, I'm finished. Everybody stand up. I'm going to finish this. Stand up. Don't leave me just because this is very important what I'm about to do. All right. 
You don't even have to gather your stuff up, okay? Just stand and listen. Finally, Jesus says this, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. That's what I was saying, okay? Now, this is, this is pretty easy for me to embrace. It's pretty easy for me to embrace. Uh, somebody say first love. first love. Wow. I mean, and it is. I mean, I've, I've tried to get it away from this, but I understand this, you know, because I have loved that woman on the front row for as long as I can. I've just, I love her. And if I take a picture of us and post it, I'll probably hashtag still my girlfriend. <laughs> because she is. You're welcome to borrow that hashtag. Okay. <laughs> Still my girlfriend. I love her. She sang up here, and I'm thinking, can I just stop, sit down, and listen to her sing for a while? Um, don't say that you're, a, you're, you're fulfilling what God has called us to do just because we feed hungry people or just because you stand against false prophets. I tell you, there's a lot of weirdness going on in the world right now, and there's a lot of people that need food. It's always good to give food, but just because you're giving food doesn't mean you're the church. And you know, I, I get, it, it creeps me out. There's so many apostles out there in the world, and there are probably some people that actually act upon it, but it blows my mind when somebody that's had a church for like 20 years, and they've still got 40 people in it, they call themselves apostle so-and-so, and I'm saying, come on, bud, show me some fruit for your apostleship, you know? If you're an apostle, you have like, you know, 30 or 40 churches underneath you that you're leading and be acting and moving in all the gifts of the Spirit. Just because you're the apostle, don't, tell me your first name. It, it, really, it really bugs me. It does. It bugs me. God hasn't called us titles. He hasn't. Anybody know I'm Pastor Rick? You can call me Pastor. You can call me Rick. You can call me Ricky. I'm getting older. People call me Pop. It's weird. Steve Oliver was always Pop. I'm not Pop. You know, Pop. And... Uh, you know, I don't care. It's, it, you know. So let's say that we get all that right and we throw the right, we, we take care of the, the certain people. Does that make sense? And we don't participate in false doctrine and we have drawn a line in the sand and said we're not going to cross what we know the word of God to be. Jesus says, just because you're doing all of that doesn't mean you're doing what I've called you to do. Amen. I want your love to be fresh. I want your love to be fresh. And I, I get this because I, I was understanding it. And uh, what's this? What this is? All right, man, get this thing open. Okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, I got that. All right, let's get out of here. How many saw how sacrilegious that was? How can you, how can you even consider, how do we just run into churches and suck down a piece of bread and sip a little juice and walk out the door? 
I don't know if you understand. Let me correlate that, okay? Because we have an earthly understanding of that, okay? Now, I, I keep saying this, and I'm not saying this. Look, my wife loves me, so no matter what I say about her, she's going to love me. We're in covenant, right? You, you understand this. But get this. This is the truth. This is the absolute truth. You all look really pretty, but there is no one that compares to my wife in this room. No one. Nobody compares. You can't mess with me. As cute as I am, come on if you want. You say, Pastor, nobody mess with you. You'd be surprised what the devil would send in my way. You'd be surprised. But you can't. I'm, I'm a mess. I love her. And it's fresh. No, no, it's even more fresh than it was the day I married her. And you, you know, that's sweet. That's sweet, but let me tell you something. When I was just a little boy, I realized that Jesus died for my sins. Come here, come and stay. Come here, come up here, come up here. Everybody just come up here. I'm going to close this. Come here, come here, come up here. Come up here, just pass that up. There was actually a season in my life that I just didn't hardly want to serve communion because I felt that people took it so, in, in such a shallow manner. It was like I, I just didn't want to do it. Go ahead, take, take your time, take your time. I want you to be very careful, but take your time, open and help one another. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus. Come close. We're a family. It's good to be with the church. Listen. I don't want you to receive communion wrongly. Okay? Listen. I'm, I'm just going to tell you totally honestly here. You better make sure you get the junk out of your heart before you receive this communion right now. Get it out. If you're walking in unforgiveness or bitterness, confess it right now. Confess it and, and lay it down. In fact, I would recommend anybody that you have unforgiveness towards, pray for them right now and ask God to bless them and heal them. Does that make sense? Can you do that? Don't be, don't be. God is too good. You say, well, why should I do that? Okay, I'll tell you why. All right. You're not going to get it. Some of you will. Unforgiveness. Once you have had God love you so much, is adultery. Did you hear me say it's like adultery? It is adultery. Unforgiveness is what? In fact, the prophet actually says that prostitutes are better. At least they take money for it. 
How many know I'm telling the truth? That's the... Un- Listen, unforgiveness is adultery. You say, well, I'm struggling right now, Pastor. Well, you tell the Lord Jesus, say, I'm struggling. Tell him, I'm- just close your eyes. Some of you close your eyes say, I'm struggling, Lord. And you, you say, Lord, I love you too much to walk in unforgiveness. I love you too much. Can Praise God. I didn't mean to spend so much time. Get your bread in your hand. Get your bread in your hand. Hold it in your hand. I want you to look at the bread. Look at it. And break it in two. No, really. His body was broken for you. Say it. His body was broken for me. Say it. His body was broken for me. His body was torn for you. He took... He took your brokenness upon Himself. Give praise to God. Come on, give praise to Him. Thank you, Lord. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace. The chastisement that was necessary for us to have peace. It was placed upon Him and by His wounds, by His stripes, by the beating that He took upon His back, you are able to be healed. Now look at it. Jesus loved me that much. Jesus loved me that much. I don't have any, I don't have any great illustrations for you here. I'm trying to think of one to help you even go further. I didn't even know it. I saw a Facebook post from my nephew, Luke. Goes, well, he just graduated from the University of Cincinnati, but before he graduated, he anonymously donated his bone marrow. And the individual who had received it found out who he was and just posted his picture and said, here's my hero. <laughs> Jesus did so much more. Come on, somebody thank him. He did so much more. His body was broken. Said his body was broken. His body was broken. Look at the bread. Look at the bread. See the broken body of Jesus. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he broke it, he gave it to them. And said, and this is why he says you need to take the supper because you'll forget and your love will get stale. Take this bread my broken body so that you won't forget. Now, you guys on your own, whenever you choose, look at the bread and if you get it and if you love him for what he did, take and receive the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Tell him, tell him if you can. Come on, tell him, tell him, I love you. Tell him, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Okay. I was sitting on my sofa downstairs by myself early last week, and I looked up at this big, massive picture that's hanging on my wall that the kids gave us together of our two grandchildren and I was looking at it and I just got so grateful and I looked over my life and I thought God you have been so good to me 
You've been so good to me. You look past my sin. You forgave me of my sin. And look at what you have given me. And I just sat there and had my own personal little worship time. Listen, if it had not been for the blood of Jesus Christ, where would you be? How many were sinners? Was anybody a sinner? And Jesus did not, he didn't just get knocked out. He didn't just pass out. His blood poured out of his body until he died. Take this cup. I want you to thank him for giving his life's blood so that you could be saved. Thank him. Go ahead and tell him, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tell him. Tell him, thank you, Jesus. And if, you're, if you feel like your sin is not covered, I want you to thank him and receive. Lord, I receive the blood of Jesus, the cleansing blood of Jesus. I am forgiven. What will wash away my sins? Nothing. I used to hear it that way. I heard it one time. If you want to know what this is like, say, what shall wash away my sins? What can wash away my sins? No, wait, wait, wait. It's like there's an argument going on. I know I'm a sinner, and I say, what can wash away my sins? And the Satan shouts, nothing! And then I hear heaven cry, but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes us white as snow. No other fountain I know. Nothing. Take the, take the, take the cup. Take it in your hands. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blood that was spilled for me. I release, I'm released of all of my sin. I walk in forgiveness as you have forgiven me. Come, Holy Spirit. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, in like manner, he took the cup. And when he had blessed it, he gave it to them and said, take and drink it. This is the blood of the new covenant. Take. Okay, now close your eyes. Just hold the trash for a minute. Just close your eyes or you can throw it on the altar area. We'll pick it up ourselves. Close your eyes. This is a moment of rededication to the Lord Jesus. So I want all of you in this altar right now, I want you to recommit yourself to Jesus. I want you to ask for his forgiveness. If, listen, if you're struggling with that forgiveness discussion, how many know that Jesus will help you with that? Don't let the enemy, don't let the enemy confuse you. Forgiveness, when Jesus forgave those who had wounded him, it didn't make the pain go away. He still had nails in his hands. When he forgave them, it wasn't that he trusted them because he knew they were broken. He forgave them anyway and said, Lord, don't lay this sin at their charge. Don't forgive them. So now right where you are, recommit yourself to the Lord Jesus. Would you do it? Say it. Lord, I recommit myself to you. I surrender myself to you. I'm going to walk in love and mercy. I will be giving. I will serve. And also, Lord Jesus, I will love you. I receive your love and I give your love. Remind me if my love isn't fresh. Come and tell me 
We are your bride. You are the bridegroom. I'm going to love you. Tell him, Lord, you're so beautiful. Tell him, Lord, you're so beautiful. I love you, Lord Jesus. You're so beautiful. Thank you for loving me.